President. Welcome to Area 51. Please follow me. Now 24 floors beneath the surface, and uh, here's our main research facility. Let's see it. I'm sorry, sir. It's a clean room. We have to keep it static-free. We'll all go to decontamination. Open the door. Yes, sir. Why the hell wasn't I told about this place? Two words, Mr. President. Plausible deniability. Where does all this come from? How do you get funding for something like this? You don't actually think they spend $20,000 on a hammer, $30,000 on a toilet seat, do you? Welcome back to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom. And I'm Emir, a.k.a. Missy Elliott. And uh, Conspiracy Club is... I'm not even going to talk about that. <laughs> Conspiracy Club is your weekly source for all things uh, weird and otherworldly. And the past couple weeks, we've been talking about murders. Murder. True crime. Crimes. And this... <laughs> crimes. Uh, this week... And bears. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. This yeah. week, this episode uh, will probably possibly be uh, several parts, is about... Ooh, by several, do you mean like two? I'm not sure yet. Or three? The doc that I had it in was six pages. Ooh, wow. So we'll see. Um, it's about Area 51. So we're going to talk about some real conspiracy theories, some government-level stuff. God, this would have been a perfect topic for another show. <laughs> <laughs> this is about time. Yeah. The thing is, is, since this show is a different name now, now I can just blow it and it's not the finale. Yeah, it's not the finale anymore. The finale now is Culture Club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, um, before I like talk about the like shady, the shadier like alien stuff, we kind of have to establish what we do know about conspiracy well, we or about uh, it, Area Fifty One for know it sure. Existed till Obama told us it existed. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get to that. Yeah. So the space in which Area Fifty One is located, a rectangular area measuring twenty three by twenty five miles of restricted airspace in Nevada, is known mm-hmm. as the Groom Box. It shares a border with the Yucca Flat of the Nevada test site established to test nuclear devices uh, and the location of over 700, excuse me, 700 nuclear tests. Okay. So it's very, it's okay. like in that area where they're doing a bunch of military stuff already. Um, it borders the Groom Lake Salt Flat, which was used for runways of the Nellis Bombing Range test site airport. I don't like that. No. Uh, as with most aspects of Area 51, the origin of its name is unclear. The most accepted theory is that it comes from a grid numbering system by the Atomic Energy Commission. And while Area 51 is not part of this system, it is adjacent to Area 15. So people ah, thought, oh. so they just flipped it back. That's, that's, the, very that's the original. Theory. Very original. The area on the Groom, uh, Groom Lake Salt Site began service in 1942 as Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary... Uh, field and consisted of two unpaved 5,000 foot runways. Is there an area 50 and 52? Uh, I actually don't think it went that high. Okay. They just stopped at 51? 50? Well, I think because area 51, I think they stopped way before it actually. Oh, really? Yeah. They just jumped up. So yeah. Like I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go into the Atomic Energy Commission's um, naming of grids. You should have. Yeah. Just to see. It shows your, you know, debate style. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, the groom-like test site or test facility was established in April 1955 by the CAA for Project Aquatone. These names are so terrible. They get really bad. They get really they, later bad. on, they get bad. Like I was just like, how do they come up with them? Do they like just throw some letters together? Just wait till you see some other ones right. that are in this episode. Um, the development of the Lockheed U-2 strategic reconnaissance aircraft. Um, this is like, I think I talk about it later on. But Lock- say that name again. The Lockheed U-2 strategic ha. reconnaissance U-2. aircraft. I think that's how part of how U-2 got their name, but maybe I'm I wrong. I hate them if that's how. Um, so due to the extremely secret nature of the project, the flight test and pilot training programs could not be conducted at Edwards uh, Air Force Base or Lockheed's Palmdale facility. The director of the project, Richard M. Bissell Jr., began searching for a more suitable site, and Lockheed sent an inspection team out to Groom Lake, uh, and it was known immediately that this was the perfect location. The lake bed made an ideal strip for testing aircraft, and the Emigrant Valley's mountain ranges and the uh, Nevada test site perimeter... Um, about 100 miles north of Las Vegas, protected the site from visitors. The CIA asked the uh, AEC to acquire the land designated as Area 51, add it to the Nevada test site. Okay. And they did. CIA doing their thing, being secret. The Lockheed U-2 designer, Kelly Johnson, nicknamed the location Paradise Ranch to encourage (laughs) workers to move to a place that was more accurately described as being in the middle of nowhere. The ranch consisted of only a few shelters at first, workshops, and trailer homes to house a small team. Did they really? So they to get people to live there, they called an area in the middle of the Nevada desert. Paradise Ranch. Paradise Ranch. They had a movie theater there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but in three months' time... Was it free? I would imagine it has to be. Okay. But in three months' time, the base grew to include a single paved runway, three hangars, a control tower, and rudimentary accommodations for personnel. By July of 1955, CIA, Air Force, and Lockheed personnel began arriving, and at the end of July, the first U-2 delivery arrived. Regular military air transport service flights were set up between Area 51 and Lockheed's Burbank offices. So in summary, Area 51 uh, was, by the books at least, created originally to house the Lockheed U-2 program uh, in secrecy. These were intelligence-gathering crafts, the U-2, um, that were able to fly at extremely high altitudes— and they were used heavily in the Cold War over the Soviet Union, China, Vietnam, and Cuba. Coincidentally, the increasing usage of U-2 planes corresponded with an increase in uh, supposed UFO sightings. Mm. Okay. So, I feel like, is it, does the aircraft, They I'm pretty sure they've released it now, since everyone knows what it is. Is it like circular? Nope. All right. So, people so said it's not like the aircraft. It just flies really high, and okay. so, like higher than most planes would by okay. a lot. Um, and people said that, um, there was like a way that they would often fly it. Like it was either like the late afternoon or like the early morning and the light would hit the top of it and make like weird, weird light patterns in the sky. Uh, and so people thought that was, uh, yeah, because in Canada they had the arrow car. That oh, it did that? Like, yeah. That is like literally like, it looks like a UFO ship. Mm. Because they were going to have, that was their attempt at making the flying car, which they might, I might cover that at some point. To tell you how that fell apart. No, the U, U the U two Lockheed U two was um was like a it was a one seater uh, craft. It was pretty small and it looks like I guess like a drone, I, like yeah. a military drone. Okay, I know it's pre U two, but 
Yeah. Part of me wants to hope that when they were flying that they were playing only YouTube yeah. music. Like yeah. Joshua Tree. Or, or whatever was, that whatever that album's called. Or the album that they I like I hope that YouTube forced them to have the listen to like an album, like downloaded it into the their, ship. Yeah, yep, into their like, phone automatically. Yep, yep. They were like, How did this get here? Yeah, how did this how did this story of Joey <laughs> Ramon get here? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so back to the theory. Yeah. Project Aquatone would not only or would not be the only project to establish itself at the secret airbase. In August 1959, Project Oxcar was created for, quote, anti-radar studies, aerodynamic structural tests, and engineering designs, which all consisted of work for the Lockheed A-12. Prior to this, Groom Lake had inadequate facilities. As time went on, runways were added or extended, and new hangars were built. Security was ramped up for Oxcart, and in January 1962, the restricted airspace... Um, Oh, I just lost my place. Restricted airplanes expanded, making the lake bed the center of 440 miles of restricted airspace uh, in total. The first A-12 arrived covertly in February make, and made its first flight in April. At this point, the base had over 1,000 personnel, and all who were not connected with A-12 tests were held in the mess hall before each takeoff so that no one would see it. Really? Yeah, they were being really, really secretive. Even secretive to the people who worked there? Yeah. I mean, I guess... Well, it's not like they had phones to really be like, let me take a picture of this and send it to, you know, uh, the newspapers. That's true. Did they get newspapers? I mean, this is the 50s, so yeah. Uh, I, I hope there's Oh, oh you mean at the base? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good... Like, Probably. A good, I mean, they had a movie theater. I'd imagine they had something, some kind of... I hope they had just a single diner there, too. I don't know. It sounds pretty... They had the mess hall, yeah, so... Yeah, well, I'm just saying, that would make me happier, because it's the 50s. However, this practice of hurrying them into the mess hall before each takeoff was quickly dropped. Good. Um, and the closed airspace above Groom Lake, actually, um, was within the Nellis Air Force range. Um, that airspace and pilots at Nellis uh, saw the A-12 20 to 30 times during the tests. <laughs> and so they, some of them were even forced to sign secrecy agreements. Really? Which I don't know how you'd, you'd narrow down who saw what, but. Cam, no. I was going to say cameras, but... Groom Lake was also the site of the first Lockheed D-21 drone test flights, as well as various other secret aircraft. Uh, maybe that's how D-12 came up with their name. Yeah? Yeah, they flipped it. <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, do you oh, never mind. There's, a, there's another thing in here that talks about 12, but I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Um, so going back slightly, on May 1st, 1960, a U.S. U-2 was shot down by Soviet air defense forces while it was performing photographic aerial reconnaissance deep in Soviet territory. Oh, my God. The pilot, Gary Powers, parachuted to, safe, uh, parachuted to safety on the ground where he was then captured. <sighs> At first, U.S. authorities acknowledged the incident as the loss of a civilian weather research aircraft <sighs> operated by NASA, but soon had to admit the true purpose after the Soviets captured the pilot and parts of the U-2 surveillance equipment. Okay, now we're getting into the sexy 60s. Following this incident, there were talks of using the A-12 as an unpiloted drone aircraft, and A-12s were much, much bigger um, than the U-2s. Okay, but and I like normal drones. easier to see, too. Yeah, so Kelly Johnson, the Lockheed uh, designer, Basically. had come around to the usage of drones for recon, but opposed this idea, asserting that the A-12 was too large and complex for okay. such a conversion. She's smart. I think it's a dude, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Wow. The Air Force. Really in the 60s? His name's Kelly, yeah. Yeah, ahead of their time. <laughs> the Air Force agreed to fund this idea, anyways, despite um, Kelly Johnson's 
disapproval, introducing a new project designated as Q12. By October 1963, the, the design had been finalized and the name changed to D21. Various test flights over the next few years were problematic and discussions of scrapping the project came up. Without too much more time on like the public usage of Area 51, I do have a few other things. I will say that Area 51 was also uh, housed as uh, was also used to, as a part of Have Donut, Have Drill, and Have Ferry programs. What? Yeah, that's there's a program, a secret program called Have Donut. Oh, so that's like the name of the operation. Yeah. And Have Ferry. And Have Drill. I really ferry is F E R R Y. Instead of F A R I. Wait, F E. You like the boat? I really feel like they just don't care. I, I've, I'm really, I'd be curious to figure out how they come up with like, remember like MK Ultra? There was like Project Artichoke. Yeah, like stuff. you know, I feel like it's kind of like you know, like when directors for movies don't they want people secret, to know, you know, yeah, what movie they're working on. Coincidentally, Have Donut is the secret name for Avengers uh, Four. It's not. <laughs> it is also not that. We don't know. Nobody will know because it's never coming out. Wow. <laughs> so those programs uh, were involved uh, involved the testing and evaluation of captured Soviet fighter aircraft, as well as the development and testing of the Lockheed Have Blue prototype stealth fighter. Um, Area 51 is still active today. Yeah. In 1995, the federal government expanded the exclusionary area to include the nearby mountains that had allowed the only decent overlook into the well, base. Okay, question though. So back then, were they like open with them saying like, "Hey, Area Fifty One is a thing"? Nope. Nope. So this, they were still like, "I'll get to it." This they, does not exist. Yep, that's exactly it. All right. So and like I said, I know there's a lot of time to spend on stuff that isn't aliens or like shady happenings, but I think it's an important part of discussions about Area Fifty One well, or what's being publicly said about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, as long as it isn't murder. Especially considering the amount of information the government has been willing to provide regarding Area 51 has been pretty minimal. Yeah, very. So very. it's good. To, I think it's interesting to talk about what, what they have said. Yeah. Um, the area around the space is off limits to civilians, obviously, and also regular military air traffic. Secu- really? Yeah. Security clearances are checked regularly. Cameras and weaponry are not allowed in the base whatsoever. Satellite imagery from commercial entities um, have shown a limited look into the base. But a lot of the public satellites are routinely there. The photos of like and video of whatever into the base or like over the top of the base, that's routinely deleted from the archives. Wow. The perimeter of the base is marked out by orange posts and patrolled by guards. These guards will not answer questions. But according to the New York Daily News, there are indications that they are employed through a contractor such as ACOM. Do they have pieces on them? Uh, they, yeah, they got that thing on. They're dressed in like white brown camo, and they're, they're called by like the the UFO believers. Uh, they're called camo guys, which is really unoriginal and terrible. It is, yeah, terrible name. Signage around the perimeter advises the authorization of the use of deadly force against trespassers. When oh, doc- they can, they can, they, got, they can show that thing on folks. Yeah, they trespass. Well, they can just blow them away as soon as they come in there Hell if, they, yeah. if they want. Hell yeah. Pretty nuts. They, there, there was an interview with a guy that allegedly was like a guard, and he was talking about how, yeah, they told him that he could just like kill anybody that. Hell yeah. They said that you could arrest them, but also you just kill them, which what is would insane. You do? If I was a guard, yeah. arrest them. I don't want to have that on my hands. Yeah, you do. You're I mean, it advanced the, the, the conspiracy of it all. Yeah, you'd have that thing on you at all times. When documents that mention the Nevada test site are declassified, mentions of Area 51 and Groom Lake are redacted. 
One exception is a 1967 memo from CIA Director Richard Helms regarding the deployment of three Oxcar aircraft from Groom to Kadena Air Base to perform recon over North Vietnam. Most mentions of Oxcar's home base are redacted in the document, as well as a, ma- a map of the aircraft's route, but one mention remains, uh, remains that reads, Three Oxcarp aircraft and the necessary task force personnel will be deployed from Area 51 to Kadena. Okay. Okay. And they actually called it Area 51. To Kadena? That's interesting. So in January 2006, historian Dwayne Day published an article in the Space Review centered around a memo written in 1974 to CIA Director William Coby by an unknown CIA official. The memo indicated that astronauts on board Skylab 4, which is like, you know, they're astronauts, so it's in space, um, had inadvertently photographed... It doesn't have to be in space (laughs) just because they're astronauts. Well, it was. It could have been on the ground. They had inadvertently photographed a location of which the memo... A location of which the memo said, there, quote, there were specific instructions not to do this. Redacted was the only location which had such an instruction. So it's the only place in America, according to this memo, they were like, do not take photos of it. Okay. And which is pretty interesting to me. I can feel that. So it was only in June of 2013, which is five years ago, that the CIA released an official history of the U-2 and Oxcart projects officially acknowledging the existence of Area 51. This release was in response to a Freedom of Information Act uh, request in 2005 by Jeffrey Rickelson of George Washington University's National Security Archive uh, and numerous references to Area 51, Groom Lake, and even features a map of the area. Question. So do whoever is president at the time, like, really get to know anything about? Oh, that actually reminds me. I need to send Grant the clip of before the beginning of this episode. Whoa. But. You're going to mention that? I thought those, I thought Grant put those in himself. <laughs> yeah, he comes up with them on his yes. own. Uh, so a president will come into this. And actually, we're breezing through this. So I might actually be able to do this all in one episode. Okay, hot stuff. Um, so in 19, I'm not even going to, in 1990, so do you want to guess the president that comes into this story? Uh, who's, okay. Outside of Barack, because Barack is the one who revealed, mm-hmm. give me, is it pre 2000s? That's all I need to know. Yeah. Okay. So it could be, our, I don't feel like, I don't think HW would have did it, but I also don't feel like Clinton would have did it, but I also, it could have been him. Well, hold on to that thought and we'll get to it in a minute. But it's definitely probably, uh, could have, it, it's Reagan, I'm thinking. Okay. We'll get to it in a minute. Or wacky Jimmy Carter. So in 1994, <laughs> the peanut farmer. Yep. In 1994, five unnamed civilian contractors and the widows of two of them sued the United States Air Force and the EPA. In their suit, <clears throat> excuse me, in their suit, they were represented by law professor Jonathan Turley and alleged that they had been uh, present when large quantities of unknown chemicals had been burned in open pitch in trenches at Groom. These burns happened 24 hours a day, twice a week, over a three-year period Okay. Uh, in the 80s. And so by- were they a part of the, or were they just near it? Uh, the, I, think, I think they were part of it they talked about so one of the uh, one of the guards that i mentioned said that he was present when it was happening and it would be like this really thick like soot that'd be over everything and it was just like this big haze that'd be over all of area 51 during these burns purple haze but they don't know they don't know what it was some people speculate that it was um um that it was like 
this this kind of paint that they would put on the planes that made them harder to detect, but nobody knows. Um, so biopsies revealed that high levels of several chemicals that I'm not going to like read off because yeah, I doubt they are valuable to anybody listening. Names. Yeah, they argued that they had sustained skin, liver, and respiratory issues from their work at Groom. One guard, the one I mentioned, who later made similar claims, said that despite never smoking, doctors said his lungs were that of an 80-year-old man who had, who had smoked four packs a day. Damn. So they, I think this lawsuit might be going on right now. I feel like he should have worn a mask during this. Yeah. So that, you would hope. Uh, so that that part, that that guard, I think that lawsuit is either happening now or it, I think it, I think it's happening around, I don't know if it's been settled yet, but that one's more recent. Yes. Um, the other one's from 1994, and we'll get back to that. So they sought compensation and alleged that the USAF had illegally handled toxic materials and that the EPA had failed in its duty to enforce the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. Does the EPA even know about it? I guess so. Because I feel like it's so secretive. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but they had failed in, which, in the act, which uh, governs the handling of dangerous materials. They also sought out information on what they were being exposed to, what that chemical was that was being burned for hours and hours and hours, um, so that they could successfully or, or better treat their conditions. Congressman Lee Hamilton, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, told 60 Minutes that, quote, the Air Force is classifying all information uh, about Area 51 in order to protect themselves from a lawsuit. Okay, there's a lot of people who are really talkative about something that's supposedly not supposed to exist. And more two, people start talking later too. Yeah, until we get to this guy named Bob Lazar. Also, I like I have other questions. Like, what? How do you become a person to work at Area Fifty One? Like, are you selected? I would imagine. Or do you have to like already like like do they just Assigned. grab? A, yeah, do you Man, just probably. grab an average Joe like in the Nevada area? I, I would see like a tippy top. I was surprised person? that how secretive they were that they were like. Only some people in the military can even know what's happening. But then they have like civilian uh, contracted yeah. workers. I thought that was kind of interesting. Kind of contradicted what I would have thought about them. But I, I assume they all had to sign of, NDAs. Yeah, a lot of But NDAs. this one dude's just like, whatever, I'll talk. They're burning chemicals in open pits. and Slash, slash MDAs. Murder. Ooh. If you talk. Probably. Uh, so or s- probably prison. The thing uh, we'll, I'll talk. We'll, we'll yeah, speculate later. Guantanamo. So, citing the state uh, secrets privilege, the government petitioned trial. This is, we're still talking about that case. The government petitioned trial judge, U.S. District Judge Philip Pro, to not allow the disclosure of classified documents or examination of secret witnesses, claiming that this would expose classified information and threaten national security. Judge Pro rejected this, and Bill Clinton. Ah! issued a presidential determination. Of course he did. Exempting what it called, quote, the Air Force's operating location near Groom Lake, Nevada. So even that, he didn't say Area 51. He called it, he referred to it kind of by tiptoeing around what it was. Oh, Billy, coming out there with the saxophone. So so it exempts uh, what... And like in McDonald's. That's him. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things everybody knows about him. Like saxophone and McDonald's. Nothing Those else. Those are the only two things. So exempted Area 51 from environmental disclosure laws. <laughs> I did not go to Area 51. <laughs> As a result, Pro was forced to dismiss the lawsuit due to a lack of evidence. Um, because the government was like, now nah, we're not telling you anything. So William came through and saved the government. William Clinton, yep. yep. Turley, the lawyer, appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. What was the- his name? Uh, Jonathan Turley. Oh, I thought you said Twirly. No. Like, well, look at the him. judge's name is Pro, and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so he appeals to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit on the grounds that the government was abusing its power to classify material. It is. Secretary of the Air Force Sheila E. Widnall filed a brief. That, is this a man? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Filed a brief that stated that the disclosures of the materials present in the air and water near Groom could, quote, reveal military operational capabilities or the nature and scope of classified operations, end quote. The Ninth Circuit rejected Turley's appeal and the Supreme Court refused to even hear it. Really? Shit. This is why if you're going to have something like this, you should put it super duper far into the desert to the point that there's really no one around. I mean, this is about as far as you can go. That is true. Well, then you just tell people you can't build over here. Yeah, get out. Yeah, America can't grow that much. Well, the thing is, people suing them were people that they had hired to work there. Ah, okay. So it was those, people, those civilian contractors that were like, what are you burning in these pits? And they're like, shut up and don't ask questions. Yeah. Put your little goggles on and go away. So even though Bill Clinton is like the first one to be name dropped in here. Big Willie. Or being involved. The, oh, God. The president, whichever one's active at the time, has since continued to annually issue a determination, continually, uh, continuing the groom exception. Wow. This is the only formal recognition that Groom Lake is more than just part of Nellis Air Base. What we do know is that the Nevada Test and Training Range is the largest combined air and ground space for peacetime military operations of any democracy in the world. The thing is, the funniest thing about Area 51 is that even though all these people pre-Obama was like, it doesn't exist. This isn't a thing. This isn't a thing. No, it's not. This isn't a thing. The fact that everyone universally knew that Area 51 was a place. No, here's the thing. They don't. This is just looking back. Well, I'm saying like... Is, every, this guy I'm going to talk about... But it was mentioned. Like everyone... It like, wasn't even. But I'm saying like even... I feel like pre-Obama, everyone knew that Area 51 was a thing. So Like in of. their thoughts. So I'll tell you, th- this next guy I'm going to talk about, Bob Lazar, uh, he was in... I evolved in like the late... Late 80s, so 1989 right here is what it says. Um, he, he is the one that's responsible for any knowledge about Area 51, okay, like it being like, known as a thing in general. Yeah, I feel like, okay. But before that, nobody knew anything I get pretty pre, much. I, I get pre-80s, but I'm talking about when we get to, because they, they didn't even have phones back then. <laughs> I'm talking about well, when we get to like the like late 80s, 90s. Well, this, that's because this guy blew... Oh, he's probably blew, allegedly he, blew he the doors blew off. His head off. Well, that's actually interesting. We'll get to it. So Bob Lazar, what we'll say, so that's what I have to say about like what we do for sure know yes. about Eric one. So that. what's really happening? Let's start with Bob Lazar, perhaps the most prominent figure in conspiracy theories well, surrounding Lazar. area. His name is L A Z A R, and I so badly wanted to say laser. It's not that. I know. You could have made a better joke than that. It wasn't even a joke. I just thought it'd be a cool name. Perhaps the most prominent figure in conspiracy theories surrounding Area 51 is Bob Lazar, who claims to have worked on reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology at a site called S-4, which is near Area 51. Okay. And that the UFOs use gravity wave propulsion. Okay. He also claims that he has read U.S. government briefing documents that describe alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. Okay, so you want to know why I know that this isn't true? I feel like they would have definitely murdered murdered Bob. They would have got their hands on Bob. Here's the thing. Is this is what I want to bring up. So by killing someone that talks, are you then confirming that what he said is true? If you just let him talk and be like, he's crazy, he doesn't know what he's talking about, then people are still like, ah. But if he dies, then they're like, why did he die? Is there you, something he's you hiding? You want to know something, Tom? Hmm. In the history of what we've done on this show, we have been able to notice that 
the government will kill you in a way that you won't even know. If we even went back to what we were talking about in a, a show, I don't even know. Something. Remember that one time when me and you were sitting across the table, kind of similar to this, and we were talking without microphones, just me, just us two in this room. Man to man. Yeah, man to man. And we were talking about, uh, what's his name in Cuba? Oh, Fidel Castro. Remember when they were trying to kill him in all those wild and crazy ways? Yeah. They will kill you in a I wild mean, and crazy way. they were unsuccessful, though. But they will, this guy, they could have murdered in a wacky consider, way. Consider this, though. Consider if... What's happening in Area 51 is not aliens. It's something that's like more realistic and tame. If he says it's aliens, then everyone's like, well, that's any uh, rational so person is like, like, well, that's not true. But aliens. Then, but they're like, well, it's not aliens. But I mean, it's now not, everyone thinks it's fake in general. I mean, it's not aliens, but it is flying cars. I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> you know. It is energy weapons. Yeah, we are doing uh, laser beams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we are working on time travel, but don't worry about that. Worry about the aliens. Bob. So Bob Lazar is seen as the person responsible for bringing Area 51 to the attention of the general public. I also, one last thing. Okay. I'm not going to lie. If I was at Area 51, I would have a certain group of people where I would bring in a certain like movie people to make air, alien shit and then have them work on that. So this is actually funny. Um, <laughs> so then they would be like, we're working on alien shit. And on the other side, I'd be like, all right, so what we're actually working on is fucking like... Uh, teleportation okay so this is actually kind of funny so when i talked about um, ox car and the a12 what they would do is they'd they'd drive it back they they would assemble they would put it in a big box yeah. this huge box on the back of a truck and just like drive it from burbank to area 51 mm-hmm. and one time this guard who was leaving like area 51 i want to say had this giant box in the back of his truck i mean he's in the guard but he's involved he's, yeah he's personnel yeah, he's personnel and there's a kid and he's like what's in the box Never, never mind. So he's like, "What?" He didn't say, "What's in the box?" What do you mean? What's I was gonna. I was. It was a seven. I just thought a seven. Oh, uh, ah, it's not. It's not in the fucking box. Yeah. That's what the kid said. <laughs> yeah. Come on, what's in the box, man? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um. Anyways, the kid asked, "What's in the box?" And the he dri- asked, "What's the, in the fucking box?" And the driver says, "A UFO." Ah. And the kid goes, "Really?" And the, like, and the guy goes, "Maybe." No, I would want yeah. Um, but he's angry. That guy like talked to national. Um, I mean, history. It was History Channel. He talked to the History Channel, and he was in a documentary. Oh, I watched. I like that guy. He was a jokester. It he's was the, it was the A twelve. It wasn't out of UFO. I would be a jokester too if I worked at Area fifty one. Um, so Bob Lazar is like I said. He's seen as a person responsible for bringing it to the intention of the general public. It was still like it was known in like very small circles. Yeah. Um, so in May nineteen eighty nine, Lazar appeared in a special interview with reporter George Knapp on a Las Vegas TV station. Someone has such wacky last using names. the pseudonym Dennis and having his face obscured. Okay. Lazar talked about his employment at S four, a subsidiary facility adjacent to Papoose Lake, and included aircraft hangars built into a mountainside. He appeared under his own name with his face unobstructed in November, or an additional interview with Knapp in November. So he does the first interview. Everyone's like, "Whoa!" He comes back and he's like, "I'll I'll say who I am and my name, and I'll show who I am." I feel like he shouldn't have done that. Oh, he's alive today. So well, actually, no, that was smarter because then it'd be like, "Oh, something happens to me." Yeah. Who you that, know? Like, Hit me, the button. Uh, not uh, uh, wacky Reagan will is, did it. Yeah. Yeah. So Lazar claims that the propulsion of the... But Reagan didn't remember that. 
Oh, that's that's a sad joke. Mm-hmm. Lazar claimed that the propulsion of the studied UFOs was fueled <laughs> was fueled by Element One Fifteen, which was not an, which it was at the time a not uh, a discovered element. Yeah, so it was back. fueled by Element One Fifteen, <laughs> Moscovium, which was discovered later in two thousand three. So that's not that's fourteen years later. This element that he said Very was powering Russian the UFOs. Yeah, well, it was discovered by people in Moscow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, this element that you said was powering the, the uh, gravity propulsion systems of the UFOs, it wasn't even discovered yet. Okay. Oh, really? So it was discovered later on. Yeah, and so this was used to generate gravity waves, allegedly. The documents that he claims to have read noted that the gray aliens came from a planet that orbited the twin binary star system Zeta Reticuli. Lazar claims to have also worked as a scientist in the Mason Physics Facility at the Los Alamos National Le- uh, Laboratory and to hold degrees... You hear the sirens? Yeah. That's the government coming to get you because you're talking about it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it was you, dude. It was you. <laughs> Amir's gone. They took him. Do you want to explain what just happened? There were some sirens, yeah, uh, and Grant warned us that the government's coming for us right now. So we're going to go disappear for a couple yeah, years. I think it was... We'll like, I'm just saying, if anything happened to me, you know who did it. The government. If anything happened to Tom, it's it was, okay. It was hey, probably it's all right. Hey, as long as it's me still here, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the show. We'll keep it going. Well, maybe I'll replace luck. him like he did me. Oh, my God. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Lazar, so Lazar claims to have worked as a scientist in the Mason Physics Facility at the Los Alamos National Laboratory and to hold degrees from MIT and Caltech. Uh-huh. But investigations into his character could not find any records of this. Lazar claims that this is because his academic history had been erased in an effort to discredit him. However, Stanton Friedman, a prominent UF... So there's this thing called UF, UFO-logist, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it UFologist? Because that seems Probably wrong. Probably UFologist. I'll say UFologist. So Stanton Friedman, uh, a prominent UFologist, verified that Lazar was, ta- uh, was taking an electronics course in the late 1970s at Pierce Junior College in L.A., um, the same time he was supposedly attending MIT. I feel like people, you can't be erased from like well, a college. Di- so I feel well, like get, someone would have been like, no, I had a class with this guy. So listen to this. Fr- Friedman also determined that Lazar graduated at the bottom of his class in high school. So like how if he graduated at the bottom of his class, how is he getting in MIT? That is an amazing question. No professor from MIT or Caltech remember Lazar, and there are no records of him attending. He's not present in any yearbooks, and he could not recall the year that he obtained his master's degree. That is also hilarious. Further, MIT claims that there is no way to totally expunge someone from their records. And I believe them. Yeah. No, I believe them too. I feel like that's way too much work for the government to do to, when they could just be like, it's... This, this is guy's not. This is part of the timeline. It is a lot of work. And plus, but, we literally talked about this with Roswell. Yeah. I, that is my include conclusion, by the way. Um, so it's not really related to the theories. Um, but this is part of the timeline for Lazar. Um, in 1990, he was arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring. Okay, so now we're getting into the the good shit. We'll skip over that though, because there's no. Come on. There's nothing else to say about it. He got he got charged. He didn't get charged with that. He got charged with something else. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah. So he has a prostitution. He's a shady figure. I like. Okay. All right. So now we can pretty much say he's bullshitting. Well, there's a lot more stuff about him. He's, oh. he's like the most central figure to Area 51. Yeah, but he he's now, also central to prostitutes. He gets in more legal trouble later. So he now really? owns and operates 
United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies, which sells a variety of materials, including radiation sensors, radioactive ores, excuse me, and radioactive elements like pure silicon, powerful magnets, and other scientific equipment and lab chemicals. I don't like that. You don't like that he's doing that? Not with him. In 2006, he and his wife are charged with violating the Federal Hazardous Substances Act for shipping restricted chemicals across state lines. Wow. I see. I don't like him doing anything. These charges stem from a 2003 raid on their offices. He had offices? Yeah. United Nuclear pled guilty to three criminal counts in this case. And in 2007, the United Nuclear... Uh, business was fined for $7,500 for violating a law prohibiting the sale of chemicals and components that are used to make illegal fireworks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's into prostitutes. He fireworks, likes fireworks. And science. And science. And aliens, I guess, too. And aliens. He's a, wa- he he's, what a wacky guy. And allegedly, he went to MIT. Allegedly. Allegedly. So the one part of the of his story, so a lot, a lot of that stuff, obviously, you can be like, well, okay. he didn't say that. The yeah. one part of his story that people can't debunk is that he was able to accurately say when test flights were conducted, and there's video evidence uh, of this event. He goes out with a video camera, and he's like, this is when it's going to be. You're going to see stuff in the sky over there. These these That's them testing their, their, their high-tech space technology, and then it, it happened. You saw lights over Area 51, and no one knows how we knew that. I feel like... He could have gotten close enough to see that. Yeah, but how did he know when it was going to happen? That's the thing. He if knew you, exactly when it was going to happen, and he and he pointed. If you do it enough times, you can kind of because I feel like they're running on a schedule. Oh, you mean so he wasn't a part of it? He just saw. Like he, he just, just saw, saw him, and he was shit. like, "Well, I figured it out." Remember, oh my god! Oh, shit, the poltergeist. Dude, the, the, the government's here, man. Oh yeah. No, remember them. just to take was this, the aliens. Yeah, that'd be wild. I'm like, like, Grant, upload it now. <laughs> upload it now. So what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say, remember uh, remember earlier when we were talking about the NDA thing? Yeah. Like about the people who kept seeing the arrow car come in? Oh, yeah. So maybe he was one of them folks who kept seeing the shit happen. And maybe. He just like, he worked and in he also said, fuck his NDA, like everybody else did for some reason. So Bob Lazar... Um, says that, quote, sometimes I really do regret it. And I almost feel like apologizing to them and saying, I'm sorry I let things out. Can I have my job back? No. He says Bob. that. What? No, Bob. Yeah. He says that he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. However, today, they were recording this, December 3rd. It's December 3rd, right? Uh, let's find out. It is. Yeah. So today, December 3rd, the day of our recording, he has an hour and 40 minute documentary on it coming out being distributed. Hey, that cash, that check. Here's the thing that bummed me out a whole lot is that I was looking into him and he was just in Michigan showing off the film like a couple weeks ago. Really? And I was like, damn it. You would have went? We just missed it. We, I, you have to. I did a Q&A with him. I get to talk to him and got stuff for the pod. He would have been like, fuck you. You know too much. And then scrambled to run out of the building. <laughs> so... That's all I have to say about Bob Bazaar. Bobby. I want to take you back to the beginning um, oh, of, this, of what we're talking about. Flashbacks. We know that the area at Groom Lake began operating as a U.S. airfield in 1942. Okay. But that it wasn't established as a secret home of the U-2 program until 1955. Okay. 13 years of space there. Yes. Many believe the Area 51 secrecy wasn't because of the U-2 program, but instead it was a result of the alleged UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh. In 1947, before the U-2 program started. This would obviously predate the U-2 program, like I just said, which begs the question, 
was Area 51 created as a result of newly discovered alien technology and that they used this other secret program, uh, air quotes around secret program, to then be like, yeah, that's why Area 51 exists. All Not right. because of our alien technology that we recovered. Was that one time when me and you sat in a room that was empty and we talked about with no tables? And we sat down and we said, look, let's talk about this. This Roswell, New Mexico shit. We came to the conclusion pretty clearly that everyone was bullshitting in that story. So here story. we go. If we go to Roswell, we know that the, the Roswell Army Airfield Public Information Officer issued a press release after that incident claiming that the personnel had recovered, quote, a flying disc. However, the military and FBI later claimed that the recovered craft was a weather balloon, and then even later after that, they claimed it was a nuclear test surveillance balloon active in Project Mogul. But could a balloon maneuver the way that witnesses claim the UFOs operating over the base could? Twisting and turning in a way that defines what we know about aircraft capabilities, and maybe even defines what we know about physics. Also, back... Oh, shit, they're checking the house. Back. They're searching the downstairs. Yes. They're trying to find. They're wiretapping us. No, I feel like back then, uh, no one really knew too much about physics anyway. It's 1947. I mean, Isaac Newton invented him in what, like 16. When, when did Isaac Newton happen? 1600s? Yeah. But I have no saying, idea. People, like, he was. That was early. 1688. That's my I guess. Feel like, a bunch of shit didn't start going down. Like, there's still shit we didn't know in the 40s. And it was the 40s. You know? See, yeah. I don't understand where you're going with this. Like, I'm saying, like, there wasn't, like, shit really going on where they could know too much about what was fucking up with physics and what well, was Well, even now, people the, even now people say that the stuff they see over there, there's no way that normal planes could maneuver that that way. Mm. Um, maybe UFOs could, though. Uh, so, if we go by what Lazar claims, Area 51 existed to reverse engineer alien technology for American military use. Why do we always think that UFOs are so much far ahead of us? That's just I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, if they get if they travel from our, another planet to here, they have to be ahead of us but by a lot. We travel from this planet to other planets. No, we don't. We've gone to the moon. That doesn't count as a planet, <laughs> but still. What if they're from the moon? And then when we get it going to when we get it fucking moving towards you know Mars, yeah, that one takes day, a long time. Assuming that they just like maybe zip they over got here. to work immediately because we were bullshitting. And not knowing what we were doing for so many years. Maybe. Maybe they evolved and got it going. They got it working. Anyways, if we go by what Lazar claims, Air 51 existed to reverse engineer alien technology for American military use. But what if the alien technology recovered had even greater capabilities than just like super uh, intelligent or super advanced aircraft? I feel like we would have had it by now. Some believers contend that using the technology, um, Air 51 personnel... Um, and they're using the technology like this is what it was for. Area 51 personnel worked on developing time travel, which you mentioned earlier, teleportation, and the ability to modify and weaponize the weather. All right, so here's why I feel like that's bullshit. Here's the okay, so what the weather thing I want to interject really quick. Uh, you might be like, well, that's obviously ridiculous, but well, the really. UN I can see even one. had to ban people even attempting to weaponize the yeah, weather. I can see the weather one, but the time travel and the other one, but I don't know about. There's literally nothing I could find else about no other than that. People said they're doing it. Yeah, because so. there was nothing really like that I could feel like we would want to time travel for like at that point. So as I was saying, you know, I really, this is why there's no way the president can know about some of this shit. Because is this, this is around World War II? 
uh, uh, wait, which part? Because like I mean, the Roswell part. That was yeah. That was right after World War Two. All right. So when fucking what's his name found out he had a nuclear weapon, weapon, he ran around and told everyone about it. Well, because he used it. No, but this is before. Wait, who are you talking about? The president, uh, not FDR. Truman. Truman. Before well, he used Man- it. No, that's not true. That's not true. Manhattan- no, he did. Manhattan Project was very secret. No, but and it he- was also in the no, desert. No, he didn't tell everyone. He told fucking uh, what's his face. When he finished it, he was telling uh the guy who was in charge of Russia at the time. Uh, I don't know. No, I know. fucking the biggest one. He's the one, the main Russian guy, the main president of Russia. God damn it! Now the Google. The only one I know. Uh, is Nikita Khrushchev not before. Not Joseph Stalin? Yes, he told Stalin he was like, "Look, well, I have they a were nuke. allies." Yeah, but still, you think he wouldn't have back then been like, or well, here's whoever the thing. was president he probably been like, knew he was gonna drop it already. So Stalin was like, "I got one too, bitch." So you <laughs> think like they wouldn't have been like, "Hey, I'm working on time travel," and Stalin wouldn't have been like, I'm "Working on time travel too." Well, they don't. Maybe they don't have the alien technology because it crashed in America. Russia. Okay, so there's there's that. And some suggest that Area 51 is the location of the staged moon landing. There's a okay. big movie studio, I guess. Another belief um, I is, that, see that more, though. is that Area 51 is the undisclosed headquarters for a one-world government bearing the code name Majestic 12. Okay, hold on. And I, I got a lot of information on this. Now well, at least a decent bull. amount. That's bullshit. Now you got the New World Order shit like right there? All these... All these governments alone already don't get along. So yeah, but there's this idea that New was, World Order, they're going to, there's this there was a shadowy person. puppet democracy or organization ruling everything. Ruling everything. That means they would purposely make other countries fight and be like, you guys are going to fucking fight. Yeah. Because they control off. everything. That'd be stupid. Well, that that's a New World Order is a very popular conspiracy I feel like that would only work if. Because I feel like the only so you're, thing that, you're assuming that like that like Bill Clinton and Nikita Khrushchev or whoever the hell that they're like the ones that are in this thing, but they're not. It's a different group entirely. So it's people ahead of them. But I feel like they would have to know. I feel like because they would no. Have to, they, why would they have to know? Because they're, they're, a, the, sec, they're a secret organization. Because the people ahead of them would be telling the people below them, look here. Uh, no, they're just like doing a little bit of little bit of nudging. That's too. That's not. There's information on this. Okay, so in the 80s, ufologists began to believe more avidly in the Roswell cover-up and speculated about some secretive upper tier of the U.S. government. These theories appeared to be confirmed in 1984, when Jamie Shandera, that's a man by the way, uh-huh. uh, received an envelope containing film which showed images of eight pages of documents that appeared to be briefing papers describing quote Operation Majestic 12. The documents revealed a secret committee of 12. Authorized by President Truman in 1952. Exactly. So, of course, he would know. The president would have to know that there's someone above him telling him what to do. Well, he is. I think in that situation, he is one of the 12. So, he would be one of the 12. Truman's the last one who should be one of the 12. He's not. This is I, this. Wait, did I say Truman? I did. Yes. 1952, it is Truman. Then. So, he would be the last person who you would want to be in the 12 because he's already shown before that he can't hold shit. He but maybe Joseph Stalin is cut. too. Because he even told, uh, he told fucking, uh, I almost said Korea. He told Japan. He's like, look. Well, he nuked them as well. So but this is before. He was like, look. I don't think it matters because he then nuked them. Well, no, he said, look here. If you guys keep fucking around, 
I have something that could fuck you all over. And they were like, fuck you. And he was like, okay, well. And then they dropped it I on him. I don't think that counts as him breaking a secret because. But this like, was before. But before that, he was talking to fucking uh, Stalin about it. And then Stalin yeah, but was that's like, what I'm saying. What if I Joseph, also have this. What if Joseph Stalin is one of the 12? There's two. There's so you're two telling of them. me that they were. So that means that from all the time that a president and a Russian president would have had at the same time be a part of this 12 no, people. No, just Truman and Stalin, just, potentially. But when they died, you don't they would know, have to pass You don't know if it's so the you next. So you think they've been surviving the Maybe whole it's time? anybody. If you, so it's just anybody. So that means no, that. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily have to be president to president. If you ever saw the movie Independence Day, the president didn't even know about Area 51. Even if it was fucking, for example, Henry Kissinger, who has been around for the longest time. Then that would still cause a problem because Henry Kissinger didn't give a fuck along with half of the people. That's what you think. That's their public image. But if secretly they're like, secretly they're like, hey, they're like, Paul. we gotta keep up image. We gotta keep up this image. Hey, Paul. So, yeah, come on. You in never here. know. What if it's secret? That's just Holy like shit. they're just putting up an act. There's so think many that. things that they allow to happen that wouldn't make sense. That's that what it, you think. But, but if I'm there's saying, a shadowy, you know, world ruler. But I'm saying if there was a shadowy world ruler, there's so many things that that would that's what they you, would not want to happen just because it wouldn't that's help you think. them in any that's way. That's what you think it wouldn't help them. But if they're trying to like control uh, the whole world, maybe that's they, the case. You could make a you can make a fucking. Any type of like debate towards that, you can be like, ah, oh, you think you wouldn't want that exactly. double cheeseburger, but you really would. What if they're like twelve steps ahead? They're like, we have to have war in Yemen and all this stuff to make all this to to we'll eventually reach this end goal. That's we have to fight with each other and we have to let bad stuff happen so that way good stuff can happen so we can control the world in seventy five years. So basically, maybe they're pushing all the buttons. They want people to die. So basically, a faulty world peace. Well, yeah, because if one per, if it's one government that universally everyone has to be like secretly no, around. I don't think so. I think you just need the main people. So if you take like China and Russia and the U.S. and probably like England, U.K. But then you like you gotta. It's just too much. That would be like. That's what you think, though. What if that? I will hit you with this microphone <laughs> if you say that's what you think one more time. I'm to just me. saying. I, I don't necessarily believe it, but I, you can't be like gone. I'm not gonna say. That's it. the whole point of conspiracy theories. Is that I get what if it. There's something. There's a secret other motive that you don't know about. I get what they're saying. What they're doing publicly doesn't represent what they're doing privately. But I'm privately. not saying like privately. It would, it's kind of like the Skull and Crossbones Club. You know what I'm saying? No. There's that club where every president had been a part of at a point. And like yeah, is I don't know, is it called a, the Skull and Crossbones Club? It's like those the fucking something okay. bones. We'll talk about it at some okay. point because Bush was a part of it. H W N W. I don't know about Jeb. Nobody cares about Jeb. So. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say? I know because you're just gonna say that's what <laughs> you think. <laughs> that's the point of conspiracy theories. That's what you think they want. That's what they want you to know. Amir, you're brainwashed just like the rest of them. How they, I brainwashed. You hear this? You just believe them. You're a sheeple. You're one of okay. them. You're one of them sheeple. You just believe in what they want you to believe. The government has brainwashed you. Well, like the I new said, world order has brainwashed you into believing their lies. I feel like I would be the person they would want to be the main guy. What? <laughs> because then I'd be the one who'd be purposely going like, no, nah, that's not true. That's what you think. And then everybody else would believe that's what you think. And I'd be like, no, it's not. But then I'll get in the back like, <laughs> give me my check. <laughs> Okay, so Jamie Shandera, okay. who wrote that memo, mm-hmm. uh, that had it, 
and his colleagues, or who found the memo, I should say, and his colleague Stanton Friedman, which we mentioned earlier for debunking Bob Lazar, yes, Bob. Um, and Bill Moore later claimed to receive a series of anonymous messages that led them to find what had been deemed the Cutler-Twining Memo in 1985 while pouring over declassified files in the National Archives. The memo, written by President Eisenhower's assistant Robert Cutler to General Nathan Twining, contained a reference to the Majestic 12. This memo is widely considered a forgery, however. Philip Class's investigation of the MJ-12 documents revealed that Robert Cutler was out of the country when he supposedly wrote the memo, and that Truman's signature was a photocopy of a memo from Truman to uh, Vannevar Bush. This ah. event wreaked havoc in the ufologist community. Uh, there was widespread doubts about the authenticity of these documents on MJ-12. Bill Moore was accused of knowingly progressing an elaborate hoax after Brad Sparks reported Moore confided that he was considering creating and releasing some hoax top secret documents in the hopes that such bogus documents would encourage former military and intelligence officials to break their oaths of secrecy. Really? Other prominent ufologists and debunkers like Clash were accused of being disinformation agents. Okay. Skeptic, uh, scientific skeptic Brian Dunning concluded that rather than these MJ-12 documents being a hoax perpetrated by the UFO community, the documents were likely part of a disinformation campaign by the U.S. government to deflect attention from secret Air Force projects like those allegedly occurring in Area 51. Okay. Uh, still, this is that's all I have to say about MG12. But still, yeah, some people believe that the most secretive part of Area 51 is actually what's underneath it. Oh, some people believe a transcontinental railroad system and a secret underground base. Consider this: still using railroads under there. That that part. Of, well, like you, you think about this. Doesn't Elon Musk want to do this whole like underground thing? It's not a railroad, but he still wants to do this train. Well, I feel like they would have bullet that. car bullet transport train, yeah. thing or whatever. Um, but just consider that it's an underground base. Forget the transcontinental okay, part. Yeah. With the increasing usage of satellite imagery, what better uh, way to hide um, than underneath what people already think they know? Um, so you're like, well, that's Area 51 right there. And you can only see so much from the air or from so far away. But you're like, what's actually secret is what's hidden underneath the base. Yeah, yeah. Now that's what in Independence Day, the secret stuff was underneath the base. They were like twenty four stories underneath. Now, if I did, I would believe that more. And they have this is kind of a uh, side thing is that there's like buildings in some secret that they don't want people to know about that have like fake, fake stuff painted and built on the top of it to make you think like, oh, that's just a normal neighborhood, but actually it's a huge warehouse or hangar or whatever. But it looks from the sky, it looks. Like a normal residential area. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I maybe can it's see like that. they built this fake Area 51 and underneath it is a real one. I feel like I can see that more. I feel like they have that. I can see that. Yeah. Them doing that. I feel like they probably have that too. Yeah, because that makes sense. Just so, for like even like safety reasons. The 1980s brought forward a new theory about happenings at Groom Lake. A new spy plane named Aurora that used high-tech propulsion systems. Mm, Gravity propulsion? Uh, This is used to explain mysterious gaps in military spending and the existence of recurring sonic booms in the area. Uh, One of the less outlandish theories is that Area 51 is the center of energy weapon development. These weapons use radiation, microwaves, lasers, and radio waves to, among other things, disable electronic devices and vehicles. And those are all the theories about Area 51. What do you think is happening at Area 51? 
All right. So out of all those theories, to me, the one that does make sense is that I think they use it for uh, trying out and using shit that they haven't like completely equated into their military yet. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, how the military will sell off old shit. I feel like Area 51 is where they try out the new shit that they have. Because I feel like the shit that we have right now is like, they're like, this is the shit we have right now. But in Area 51, it's like, this is like what we really fucking are going to have in yeah. five years. I feel like they're like, we got fucking laser weapons over how here. How far ahead do you think they are then? How far ahead? They're like, this shit isn't going to use till 2045. I feel like some of the, like, like we're so far ahead, but we don't want to come across and let them know that like, we have laser weapons because then they're going to. I can see them having laser weapons. Like shit like that. I can see. I can see laser weapons. I can see because we're starting listen because regular people are starting to create laser weapons. So I feel like they've already been like if you have because I feel I like mean, the, the military has some laser stuff that like they, they can point it at like planes and shit. Yes. And it's like it shuts them down in the air. Yes. But I feel like the like we've already have like you have people who are regularly just making that shit who are just doing it at home the government has the funds and also people who their job is to come up with wild future shit to do to do it now mm-hmm. now shit like time travel i don't feel like we they, i agree they don't really care but i also feel like if it was shit like if they had time travel don't you think they'd go back and make it so that bob bazaar never talked no They'd be like, yeah, let him talk anyways. Yeah, because there's nothing really like the only thing I could see them maybe possibly going back and doing is maybe like Nam, maybe. They're like, yeah, we want to get out of there. Yeah, we want to get out of there before. But even if not really, like I feel like no. Here's the thing. We wouldn't know. But because I, teleport, the, I can see them working we on We wouldn't know about time travel because. Because we wouldn't know. Like, it just be, would just change. Yeah. Teleportation exactly. though would be fucking wicked. I feel like they're working on that. Just watched The Fly not too long ago. I can see Hopefully them. Hopefully they're farther ahead than that. I can see them working on shit like that. I can see them working on like just like secretive technology shit. You don't think it's aliens? You don't think they have alien technology? I feel like you want to know something what I feel. Okay. I feel like every government is separated and that is the only way at one point they will come together if aliens do come. If and when they do that's, come. That's, that's how a lot of movies work too. I feel like that is the do only way we would universally become no, peaceful. Maybe, let me, well, here's the thing is that Bob Bazaar said he read documents that aliens had been involved uh, for thousands and thousands of years in a human life. So what if that happened and that's what the Majestic 12 is formed by. They are all brought together because they know aliens exist and they don't know how to handle it. That would be, that would make more There's sense There's another to theory. That. Let's throw that one in there. That's one I just came up with. That would make way more sense if the Majestic 12 was only created because it was a group of people who knew of aliens existing and was like, I don't know how to fucking handle this. Yeah. That one would make more sense, but I also think that we're so separated right now that it would take like... That's what you think. It would take <laughs> aliens coming for us to be like, all right, we got to get our shits together. Yeah. And I think even then, I I personally don't think when aliens come, they would be shitty immediately. You don't think so? Not immediately. I feel like we would force them to be shitty. Yeah, probably. Like, they'd be fine we, and then get, we'd overreact. Hope, you're hoping for some, uh, what's that movie? Um, What's the movie that just came out? Arrival? You're hoping for some Arrival aliens? Just some. Nice. Yeah. But I feel they're like help, we They're would, coming to help us? Yeah, we would fuck them over. Like, like, I mean, I have an arrival like, too. If we were like, like, I feel like one at one point we'll be in like some Mass Effect shit, like where everyone's yeah. just walking around normal as shit. But then we will do something to them. Where we'll be like, "Fuck you," and then they'll be like, "Oh, word, that's how you feel." Let me ask you this: Do you believe in aliens? Yeah. 
Because I feel like the world would be way too lonely if just Earth was the only place Do you, with, like, with yeah. any type of life on it. I, I agree. Do you think that uh, aliens have already come to Earth? Mm, maybe, I, maybe not like Roswell, but do you think that maybe they're here already? I don't, I don't know because I don't think that they would be that far. Like, I like to think that we're all on the fucking basically the same wavelength. They might. Have, Why would that be? They've they only been around like, for so long. Yeah, but I that feel our like universe is so much older than that. That's true. But then they would have to be doing universal tri- like you know. I don't know. I I feel like there is like another galaxy out there where they are chilling. They just don't know how to get to ours yet. And they're also doing the same thing that we're doing. Now, personally... To be fair, to like be able to not only find other life in the universe and then travel there, that's like really, so much further advanced. That's what advanced. I'm saying. That's, like, like, that's, that's, why, not, that's not decades. That, that's like centuries that's like, ahead yes, of us. I don't think they're like that far ahead. But I do think they are like also attempting to get here. And they're like... They're probably going through the yeah, what very they, the thing. same thing that we're going to like... Are there like aliens? Because to them, we're aliens. They're like, are there aliens? You think that they think that way? What if it's just totally different? They're totally different life forms entirely. What do you mean? Like, you think that they're like, I wonder if aliens are out there. What if they're just like, they didn't. Uh, Do you remember, if you've ever read uh, Slaughterhouse Five or any Kurt Vonnegut, Mm -hmm. there's an alien race called the Traff. Traffic Majorians or something yeah, like something that. Um, and they're like, they totally don't even act like humans whatsoever. They like, if they like are able to ex- they experience time, past, present, and future all at the same same moment like it's just constantly happening all at once what if they're like that they're just like not even on the same wavelength as us even I a little bit feel like there would be i feel like i don't know about that i feel you like they have so many elements what if there's just like another planet there's just like crazy shit elements just like fucking pandora from avatar but i feel like there is like even in pandora for avatar they were like i wonder what these humans like i wonder if there's anything out there yeah those are like really smart and very humanoid creatures already but like what I if know. they're not but i feel like they would even if be like is there something out there what if they're not? For them, even if they're not, for them to even want to be like, I'm going to research and do this shit to make this. If that's the case, if they're experiencing future, present time at the same time, they wouldn't be like, shit, let me worry about this. They'll be worrying about way different shit. You should read just like, you, let me it's interesting you should read it because in, in Slaughterhouse 5, he like, they like capture this dude and put him in like a human zoo or whatever. Yeah. And they, 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 it's very profound. Yeah, I don't think they would be like, well, let me go see fucking humans. Like, I don't think I feel like that's shitty. Like I personally feel like that's just how vain we are that we would think that they would be like wanting to see us. I think they'd only come here like, if they oh. wanted to interact with us. Because if you think about it, I think they would. Either, no, I think they would either come here if one they want to interact with us or two something f- super fucked up happened there that they're like, all right, it's time that we have the fucking. What if they can't here. even like survive? They're like breathe lava or some shit like that. They, they breathe like diamond. And they're like mm, can't live on Earth. But like I feel like it would also be like the time that they interact with us or we interact with them, it would be like. Something big has Think gone about now. this. How often do you hear like in the news uh, cycle that they're like, NASA has found a planet 500 billion light years away or whatever yeah. that they're like, it's exactly like Earth. And we know that much about it that has water and yeah. whatever. Do you think, what if they like know we exist to that degree? They're like, there's another planet out there and we know there's life on it, but we will not be able to get there for a fucking long time. Yes. That's what I feel like. I personally feel like it's like that. Like they're like, we will not be they're able like, to get there. They're like, no 10 million chance. years, we're coming. Yeah, there is no chance we are going to get there. But I feel like it's slowly, I feel like it's closer than it was before. 
just with our like advances in like like technology and shit like that. It makes me really sad that like I'm at the, I think it'd be where I, that I'm living at a point where it's like I'm never gonna see space travel like that. Probably you will. Not like that. Oh, like that? Like, I think it, probably the end of my life, maybe, we'll be like, we know how to explore our galaxy. Yeah, our I, like, I shouldn't say our galaxy, our solar system. I feel like by the time we're like 40, we'll be able to get around America in like 10 minutes. I hope. Tops. That's what I feel like. If you think about like the progression of technology from like 1900 to now, that's 100 years. It's just been like fucking straight line upwards. And you know how wild that's going to be when like you'll be like, I'm going to Vegas today. And then already back. By just teleport. That would be like teleportation. I feel like because the only bullet trains are only going to get better. Would if someone was like, I can give you the ability to teleport, but there's a 50 50 chance that you'll die. Ooh. Would you do it? That's iffy. They're like, 50% chance that when you teleport, your body won't totally reform on the other side and you'll just be lost to the universe. Oh, that's iffy. That's iffy. If they would have gave me, like, if they would have said 80-20, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm teleporting. Is that the threshold? Anything lower than that? You're like, oh. That's uh, iffy. Because I'm not, dude, 80-20, I'm out of here. Taking that shit and I'm teleporting the fuck all over. <laughs> and I'm purposely fucking with people. Yeah. Yes. With teleportation. But I would want it to only be like if the government came to me personally and said, "Okay, we know how to do superpowers. We only have five though. Five powers. And we chose you to pick one of the five because we're that? building a group of five: flight, super strength, teleportation, teleportation invisibility, uh, and uh, super speed. That's a good five. And they said they're choosing you to pick one of the five. I'm picking either teleportation or super speed. Those are both really good. And. I will fuck with people. <laughs> and they would be but they would also have to tell me that we won't tell anyone else you're going to be our test. Oh, okay. 50/50 chance you'll die. I don't know about 50/50. I if want I get them- superpowers. I'll take the 99 to 1 odds. I'd be like, "All right, let's do it." You 1%. Wanna, yeah, you want to do the risk. You're like, "Come on, let's do it." I want superpowers. Yeah, yeah no. If they told me and Tom, pick two out of this five and you'll be good. But we, we're using you guys as test for shit we're going to do in the future. We just want you guys to test around. You don't know how much I'd be fucking with people. <laughs> I would not be a superhero. I was going to say, that's, that's not even a hero, work. but that's not a villain either. Yeah. You're just like, eh, mundane yeah, stuff. Yeah, like because that's too much work. But I also, it would suck to have super speed also. Because then when you have to not use it, it would be the worst thing ever. You're like walking behind somebody that's walking yeah, just a little too slow. And you're like, I can run around this earth in seconds. But I can't because then everyone will notice. All right. We should wrap this episode yes, up. It, so my my final thoughts, Area 51. I don't know about aliens. I'd really like to believe they have alien technology there. But realistically, I assume they probably just have like future technology. Yeah. That, that's not like going to blow my mind. But it's just like I think it blow your mind at least. Maybe, but definitely not like alien ship. No, not that. Uh, I think it's probably just like high technology and government military secrets. And our government or our, our military is incredibly important to our American government. Like, as you know, it's like a huge fucking chunk of our spending. So I think they're like, as much we money as we're putting into it, we can't like broadcast this shit. So it's probably just like top secret military projects that. Yeah. It's just what it is. My final thought is, I feel like... Probably like some crazy new nuclear bomb version 12 or something. Yeah, I feel like they have shit that would blow your mind, but like, one, they don't want to let other other countries know about it, and two, they just don't feel like safe enough to just be like, I'm going to drop this shit. And also, I don't feel like it's aliens either, because I just think that's how vain humans are, that 
there's people that they would care so much to meet us. Mm -hmm. I think that's super far ahead. But I do think at some point, like, they're going to start doing shit that, like, you could read in comic books to do. Like, there will be someone flying around in an Iron Man suit. Oh, that'd be crazy. Do you see the videos that they do have of... uh, There'll be lightsabers. Of, like, uh, of... Iron Man suit where that like twists them. Well, man, well, actually, that's from uh, that's from Iron Man Two, isn't it? Where he's building the fake. I, I could have swore someone built. Oh, someone no. did build it's, one it was, fake one. It was Obama made an Iron Man joke. He's uh, like, "We're gonna release this," and he shows Iron Man. And it's like, ha ha ha. Yeah. That's now I was thinking of Hammer Industries, and they made all the fake Iron Man yeah, suits that like, like broke people's spines and shit. They're like, ha ha, Iron Man. He's like, you fools, fucking nerds. But all yeah. right, well, so. Yeah. You, you have anything else to say? No. I was just going to. So uh, make sure you guys join the club by following us on Twitter and Instagram, both of those at Tom and Demir. That's T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Amir, do you have any idea what you're going to do for next week? Uh, No. Um, this is what I will say is that for the next couple episodes, they're not going to be different in any sense that we're going to talk about something crazy, but they will be pre-recorded. Who um, said that? I thought we were going to be here the whole time. <laughs> we're going to have breaks. So we're going to pre-record. So that may mean uh, we have to go through like a, a re- big recording session, which may lead to some shorter episodes, or at least we should consider. Yeah. Maybe some shorter episodes just to make it easier, which means that just around holiday time, instead of, I don't know how long this episode is. I think it's pretty long. But instead of our normal like 45 minutes to an hour, probably more like 30 minutes, yeah, 20 15. minutes. some Something shorter to bring it up or break it up just to make it easier to record, um, which I think then makes it easier to listen to. I will say, though, you can guarantee that you will have an episode because last year, well, no, last year me and you sat in an empty room and we talked about Krampus. <laughs> we did talk so about Krampus. So this year we're talking about his brother. Santa. Santa. He's also talking about Grilla, that Icelandic woman that like cooks babies in a stew. Or- I don't know about that. Not too much. Uh, maybe we'll we'll have to negotiate. We'll figure it out. But yeah, we'll stay tuned. Stay it. like I said, join the club by following us yeah. on Twitter. You can stay up to date on everything that we're doing. Yep. So like I always say, and Tom always say at the end of every episode, wow, that episode was fooked, alien style. 